Here we are live from the NH Sports Page Podcast Studios. Today's podcast brought to you by our friends at Sentinel Title Service. We thank them for uh, helping make coverage of uh, the games and, of course, the podcast possible. Dave Haley, we're here. Uh, you survived your trip to the Great White North. Again, I was off the grid. Really off the grid. You didn't miss much. I had no idea until Saturday morning who won the games Friday night. Yeah, you didn't miss a whole lot between uh, yeah. the tapes coming out with Trump and uh, all sorts oh, of other I stuff. Oh, that. Oh, you got that? <laughs> that <laughs> even off the grid, people knew about that. <laughs> I couldn't avoid that. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was a big weekend. I, I knew every time my sisters were absolutely horrified looking at Twitter, I knew that <laughs> I knew what they were reading about. But, yeah, no, uh, the weekends didn't. I wouldn't say there were any huge upsets over the weekend. I was doing stats all day today, so I, I caught up on most of the statistics from the weekend. But um, I don't think any huge shockers over the weekend were there. Am I? Am I, uh, I don't. Th- I'm looking them up right now. I don't think there were any uh, any like jaw dropping shockers. Your trip around Division Three being off, it seems like a thing you'd do. It's it's just a happy coincidence. I go every Columbus State wise ass. But yeah, no, uh, not having uh, to do stats for Division Three made my life a little easier when I got back. But. Makes my top ten harder to write. It was really. It didn't feel like Tuesday day. That was really hard, kind of getting back into it. Yeah, uh, I would say that, uh, not a, not a shocking result, but uh, surprising that Central kind of hung with Bedford. I don't think that's surprising. Can we say that Central always plays them tough? Remember they knocked them out of the playoffs. We can say that three years ago, I think, in the last game of the season. The uh, oh, that's true. Yes, Josiah Wade season. Uh, Kurt Hines was still there, and they beat up Bedford pretty good at the end of the season. I want to say Bedford went nine and two or eight and two and didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, seven and two or six and three. Yeah, whatever it was, it was. Uh, I think they only lost twice. Uh, let's see. Yeah, no, no, nothing really shocking. I guess I was surprised Bo handled Kennett so easily. Uh, their first season in D2 going, Kennett's a tough place to play. Bo's pretty good. They are um, good, but Kennett's just such a hard place to win. They, yeah, no question. Um, I think, you know, Bo felt like they hung in there with Plymouth a little more than the score indicates. And um, they've got, you know, the usual. They always got four or five kids who can carry the football. Matt Harkins doing a nice job um, for them. And then um, uh, Mooney's been a real good player for them. And then, uh, you know, Nate Alford, who's I think is a one of the better tight ends in the state. Um you know, gives them the ability to throw the football. He blocks real well. So, you know, Bo's tough. They, you know, it, it, it's kind of razor thin making the playoffs in Division Two right now. I mean, you're going to have some really good teams. It's, not it's going to be sitting home. It's going to be fun. Yeah, and I think the the format D two is uh, top two from each conference make it, and then the next yeah. six, no matter what conference they're in. So, but there's but, there's ten teams I think that I, I mentioned in my top ten that could uh, do some damage in the playoffs. Only eight are going to get in. Yeah. What did you think of Hollis Brooklyn Conval? I watched uh, the highlights up there. I was that, I thought Pete and Jen did a great job, but that was a terrific game. Yeah, I was surprised uh, that uh, Conval was able to bounce back after losing uh, Spezzafari uh, mid game. Yeah, I Keenan, mean, just because he seems Keenan to- Wilson came right in, played real well. I think he was a. I did the stats say I think he was ten for fifteen. Yeah, threw a couple of touchdowns. Um, yeah, I, I hope I'm hearing from Pete who's talked to. Uh, Dan Spencer's dad that he he's doing okay right now, which is yeah, great. That's, that's um, what I heard. I talked to him on Twitter. Said he was feeling better the next day, but uh, good. I guess, I guess uh, well the the controversial hit that we talked about was one of them. There was another one that was rough too that I guess I didn't get a chance to see. Where you know both to the head. So uh, just just glad the kid's okay. You always help. Yeah, he got to be careful with game. that. I mean, yeah, I mean it was a big hit and he was. It looked like he was stepping out of bounds and. Anytime it's helmet to helmet, I'm not saying it was purposely done that way, but it, when it's helmet to helmet, that's pretty serious. And right. His helmet goes flying off, and um, you know you can't mess around with concussions. I've I've heard stories from kids when they're done playing. You know, have told me stories 
you know, on the side saying, I know of one kid years ago who woke up the next morning and texted one of his teammates and asked if they won the game. So, yeah, you I, know what I mean? I remember a buddy I went to school with who, uh, you know, this was in the, the mid-90s. So it was uh, concussions were, you know, it was looked at the same as a sprained leg. But he had a concussion. He was playing defense. He had a concussion. And he, he, he was telling me the next week, he's like, I thought I was in a Roman Coliseum. He's like, I didn't even realize we were playing football. People had to, like, go put me in my spot yeah. to play defensive back. Yeah, they just left him in. Well, I mean, the stories, yeah. I mean, the, from the, you know, is Troy Aikman and, and Marino. Marino has, like, a whole series he doesn't remember. Troy Aikman has a game he'll never remember. So. NFC Championship game. He thought he was playing in his high school state championship game. Oh, he, is that true? Yes. One, one, of the, one of the ones he beat the 49ers. That's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so, no, I mean, um, that was a huge win for Conval to go on the road and win that game, especially with Spezzaferi out for half of it. They that you know that offense didn't skip a beat, and um, they'll be better with him back. But that's a great W there for your Conval Cougars. My Conval that Cougars left your Spalding fighting McIsaacs oh, by the side of the road. And my D one team still. My Guilford slash Belmont Golden Eagles Red Raiders, whatever the heck they're calling themselves. Uh, they got a chance for a W. They got Pembroke this weekend. Matalosa is not walking through that door, people. I'm surprised Dominic Timbis, Pat Welch, they're not walking through that door. You're not going to that game. You're not covering that. I'm covering Anna Lake Stevens. <laughs> I'm going to be down the road in Meredith. You'll be getting updates. Uh, I, I, I think we're so. going to talk about MVPs for each division, but before we get to that, I'm going to spring uh, an analogy on you and uh, talk uh, the start of the podcast, and I, I want you to tell me what you think. Um, Winnicunit is the San Diego Chargers of Division One. Yeah. The best one in five team you've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean, that... Portsmouth beat them pretty – the closest loss they've had, right, was, um, well, this weekend. Um, lost by four to Bishop Girton, lost by three to Nashville South, lost by three to Exeter. Yeah, then you're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just I, seem like they're really good and just th- can't put things together. I think what happens with them a lot is that they tend to have a lot of two-way players yeah. versus teams that do not use two, two-way players as much, and those guys get worn down at the end of the game. Because yeah. it's been a theme the last few years with them. Um, really good coaching staff, and they've got talent over there. Um, but it seems like those kids get worn down because they lose a lot of fourth quarter games. Now, that can be bad luck sometimes, but it also can be the wear and tear of playing yeah. both sides of the football. Like Lee and Viviano, good examples. They're going to play both sides. They're one of the smaller schools in Division One too. I mean, they're uh, kind of like in that Portsmouth zone right on the cusp. They are. Yeah, yeah. They're so, about the same size as Portsmouth now. So, yeah. I mean, they basically petition up for Division One basketball, yep. and they'll be a Final Four contender. They went to the Final Four last year, so. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, no, you're absolutely right. They, and that's too bad because there was a lot of you know they had they were a real good team last year, and they probably were your, where Goffstown was the best team that didn't make it two years ago. Winnicott was the best team that didn't make it last year. Um, I don't know who that's going to be this year, but could be Pankerton. Could be. They are getting power pole votes still. So that's- yeah, I know. They got three votes in the power pole. Uh, I just thought they're Pinkerton. I'll just- say this. I'll try to be uh, diplomatic here. Uh, I didn't vote for him. Please don't. Pete didn't vote for him either. Um, I don't know who voted for him. It might be the U- the Unileader contingency. But um, I think if you're voting for Pinkerton at this point, you're voting on the premise of if all the teams showed up at a playground and had to play one another – you would sit there and say, Pinkerton would beat John Stark, and they would beat Plymouth. Well, that's not really what... I don't vote that way. That's not exactly how I'm voting. That's why Mananak gets voted. Although Mananak somehow fell out of my top ten this week. They fell out of... I think they were in... No, they weren't in the top ten last week, but uh, they got a couple of votes. 
Uh, Hanover. I voted from two weeks ago, and I didn't. Yeah, Hanover got a vote. Hanover got a vote. Deservedly like, needs to, you know, their best win, I think, is Lebanon, you know, and so they need to, you know, um, they need sort of a marquee win. I have no doubt that Hanover is as good as we think they are. Uh, I don't think for one second that they're, you know, they're benefiting from their schedule, but they, they don't have that marquee win yet. Well, let's talk, let's talk about that as long as we're talking about Hanover. Let's talk about that Division Two North because you get the three undefeated teams. Uh, you got Plymouth, Hanover, John Stark, but they're on the bubble. Is kind of, I would say, on the – so I'm, yeah. I'm dubious of, of whether they can get in. They, you know, they're, they're going to have – I'm so not sure. John Stark uh, on the team. That is it. Maybe it's Stevens. Undefeated Stevens taking on uh, once-beaten Interlakes uh, Mol- <laughs> Isaac. So, uh, so that's the big deal. One seed. Milford, last game of the year. Yeah. So it's not easy. Last game of the season. Yeah. So uh, Interesting. it's probably a win. It could be a tough one. Uh, but let's give them a win because they're at home. So they could be undefeated going to that last game against John Stark. And then Stark has – well, they have they have the toughest schedule the rest of the way. They have uh, Plymouth at home, uh, Bo at home, yep. and then uh, on the road at Hanover. Never easy to go to Hanover. No, Division Two has been real interesting this year. I mean, it's it, – it, you know, because – and then I think lurking on the other side is Wyndham, who, by the way, is third in the power pole. Yes. So you can't you can't complain too much about the small schools not getting love, although I don't think Wyndham is a small school, but – that they're in the Power Bowl. Well, uh, Pete and I were talking about this on Saturday. I'm, I'm interested to hear what you think. What do you think if Wyndham uh, went up to Division One? How do you think they would do? Pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. My contention is they would be like have a couple good years and then maybe have oh, a, have a down. Obviously, they do pretty well. Kind of you know style of offense. Although they'll throw it a little bit. I think they they throw a little more than maybe we give them credit for. You know, Cody, Cody Potter's a pretty good quarterback, but yeah, they got you know Belsky and 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 uh, and Alexa and of course. My player of the year last year, Victor Pizzotti. I mean, they got all the pieces over there. Yeah, I think they would do well. I think they would. Uh, I think they could have a year where they could be a Final Four, you know, championship level team, like uh, Goffstown has. All right. So if you had to pick a player of the year, uh, let's talk about this player of the year in Division One. Who would your uh, Who would your guy be? I, just off the top of my head, I I, I think it's got to be Justin Grassini right now. Oh yeah. I mean that's. I mean Connor Robert Merrimack kids. Who's calling you in the middle of podcast? Who doesn't know we're podcasting right now? Kansas. Um, could be Charlie Weiss. Um, <laughs> I think right now it's it's Grassini. Yeah. Um. Yeah, just kind of scanning. I mean, a lot of these teams just have like four or five different guys who kind of make you know Exeter, you know Cam Flanagan, and sure. they got a couple of different guys that think he, he's sort of the guy that makes it go for them. I give it like if we were voting like for an MVP race, like you would in uh, for a professional sport. I would, uh, I'd say a couple of down, down ballot guys that would get some votes. Uh, same rate of Bishop Girton. Uh, yeah, I like oh, yeah. to see him in no person. Uh, I'd say Carson Webb of Dover get like a, you know, like if you, if you had to vote one through five, maybe a fifth place vote, fourth place vote. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, he didn't have great numbers. Um, I think he's done a really, really good job. I'm still surprised it took them till the first game of the season to, to kind of decide on him. But um, no, I mean, I think, you know, if Christian Pete had played more game, he's making sort of yeah. a late run. Um, and then, you know, Jeremiah Rivera's having a great season at Central. Um, so, the, you know, there's a few different guys that have had some big numbers. Um, Josh Abanda at uh, at Salem, still one of the leading rushers. So, but yeah. I think right now, Grassini would be probably the guy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. In D2, it gets real hard. Yeah, let's take a look at that. I mean, so, there's probably five different guys. 
Yeah, you're a little more familiar with the uh, with, with with the D2 North than I am, certainly. But I think uh, you can talk about Spezafari for Conval. You can talk about I still think you can talk about Pizzotti for Wyndham. Yeah, Pizzotti because he just because he's a monster, you know, up from the linebacker spot. Garrett Maycomber yep. put up huge numbers for Plymouth. Um, I think he's over fourteen hundred yards yeah. or right around there. Drew McCory. Hanover's from- got a couple of kids that have you know they've got a couple of big kids defensively that have been. Real difference makers. Uh, Drew McCory, yep. I think, you know, might be the guy. Um, it's, it's a pretty crowded field, I though. mean, Milliken wouldn't be just because of Lebanon, but Milliken's like, he's tremendous. I mean, Nate Perkins is a really good wide receiver for them, but Milliken is, you know, 60, 70% of that entire offense right. over there. Yeah, so it's a, it's a it's a crowded phone booth in the D two uh, Player of the Year race. Yeah, well, with Joey the, Delaney over at Hollis Brookline, and you know, sure, I mean he's been terrific. So, um, yeah, I mean, what, well, what do we name? Just like six people right there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and and you know, I think the criteria is it's you're gonna have to put up a month. There's a guy in D three, I think, who would be your D three Player of the Year right now on a team that isn't going to be, you know, one of the top two teams. But So you have to put up monster numbers like Justin Norris is putting up monster numbers at Kearsage. When he yep. makes your top ten for how ridiculous his stats are at Kearsage, that, that probably yeah. leads me to believe <laughs> he's producing. Well, I was going to say, let's talk about D3. I mean, uh, you would think of a Nadoc kid would be a player of the year, but they seem to just run so many guys through there. It, it got, almost, yeah, it almost mean, hurts their chances. So. Yeah, they've got a lot of really good guys. So the problem with teams like Wyndham and Manadnock is that a lot of the stars aren't playing the second half. Right. So, yeah. like St. Thomas last year was. So it's hard, you know, and you do those numbers and you got, you know, you know Levi Bassin with, you know, is kind of their guy, I would say, for – for Manadnock, I think Andrew Brothers um, would be a kid uh, from Interlakes who should certainly be in that conversation as well. Um, but Justin Norris, the numbers he's putting up are absolutely ridiculous yeah. right now. Uh, so- Park, you know, Parker Smith is having a great year at Stevens and uh, Richard Bell. They got a couple of different guys who who are doing really. Henry Bork is a really good young quarterback. They've got a couple of different guys. Newport had that one guy and. Uh, Moses Morenzi's putting up pretty good numbers at Bishop Brady, but I think you know I, I think for an MVP to be fair in that division, it's got to come from the North. Yeah, absolutely. So let's well now that you mentioned that, let's let's talk about that D three South uh, subdivision conference, whatever the hell we call them. I don't, what we're, do we we're, call it? Yeah, we're gonna have four playoff teams because I think D three does it four from each subdivision or whatever, no matter what. And they do it different than division two. And then two. they do crossover. And there's the board and crossover in the, the playoffs. My computer decided. Who's gonna make it in the south? It's real. Uh, yeah, my computer was being a joy tonight. Uh, it uh, it ate the last uh, six or seven minutes or so of uh, Dave and I. Uh, later on, I was recording a podcast so they were freed. It just restarted in the middle. Somehow I managed to save most of that. But, uh, yeah, good times. So uh, my apologies. Completely my fault. I don't know what the hell was going on with my laptop, but uh, it ate the last uh, few minutes or so. But uh, Dave and the NA Sports Page crew, they have two Saturday games. Uh, it's a Newport uh, – New, excuse me, not Newport. Stevens at Interlakes Moultonboro. And uh, I have to go back and look at the uh, what the other one is because I'm recording this part of the, uh, the podcast while I'm driving, which you should totally do, kids. But uh, make sure you keep checking. Checking back at nhsportspage.com for all the coverage this weekend. Uh, my thanks to uh, our thanks, Dave and I, to Sentinel Title Services for all their uh, coverage, uh, their sponsorship of coverage of uh, New Hampshire high school sports, including this podcast. So, uh, like I said, 
completely my fault. Half the podcast, not half of it, like a third of it got eaten. But uh, we hope you'll join us next week where hopefully my uh, piece of junk laptop will be in better shape and uh, we get you a full, complete podcast. So thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week, everybody.